In the name of Jesus, amen. Tables have taken on a deeper meaning over the past year. Instead of the usual eating at restaurants, school, work, or other public options, it was at home. But the table again became a focus for families. The demand certainly brought cooking to the forefront more than any person might have expected to want to do. No longer did the table just invite family clutter of the day but meant you had a place to sit with others. Permanent bond dwelt there beyond tables that we so liked out in public, but you know the truth of those tables out there, right? They were cleared off just as fast for the next customer. Quality conversations also might kind of felt awkward, having time to talk, not just shove your face with food. And strangely enough, it would be awkward compared to all the other sounds and stuff that filled our ears for attention when we tried to have a conversation. There was even time to pause and pray, not merely for food, but with your family over God's goodness toward our daily bread. Whatever the case, Monday, Thursday carries some of those at-home characteristics. What Jesus instituted on the night of his betrayal came with a table and a room. It was during the time of Passover when the Jews celebrated God's deliverance from Egypt. The central part was to eat the sacrificial lamb and recall the blood over the doorposts of each home. However, Jesus brought an immediate change to the feast, celebrating it with his disciples and not his family. As a scholar notes, this is evidence that Jesus' true family is not his blood kin, but his faithful followers. As we heard so much during Lent about the call for return, so Monday, Thursday is no empty gesture of the gospel. Return to the table of our Lord, to the fellowship Jesus joins us in as his body, to the joy shared with God and with one another. The invitation by Christ of course, set the tone. There must have been joy to feast with him that evening. Yet we know the disciples were a mixture of sinners, a hodgepodge crew. They were the ones wondering about seating arrangements when the master focused on service by washing their feet at the table. Their fixation was still on worldly glory as the end game, as what they were going to see when Jesus' ministry would finally come to fruition. They were missing the point. It's good to know we are not alone at this table. Except as guests before the feast of our Lord, how quickly does that sinful nature still take us to task? You know how it goes. 
A person who has not been to church gets a second look. The cell phone goes off, causing embarrassment to our piety. Restless children, heaven forbid, in church, at the railing, raise questions among people about those parents and what they're doing with their children. Bitterness stirred up over some sin or lovelessness, there's lots of it in these times, even distance us from the relationships that we are supposed to share between each other. Rather than dealing with offenses, though, Jesus offered up a bigger factor to his disciples. Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. You could just feel the change in the whole mood to sorrow. I mean, talk about shutting down the celebration. There you go. Sorrow over such words caused a wave of replies. Is it I? Is it I? Everybody was wondering. They believed. But they also knew the opposite to be true. Whether it was a question about feeding the five thousands and how that was going to be achieved, or if Jesus cared about them when the boat was sinking, doubt was common among all the disciples. The revelation of betrayal was a shock. But Jesus knew this was to fulfill Scripture. His victory as the suffering servant was even for his enemies, known and unknown, hiding in secret. Before this doubt and trouble over themselves, Jesus, in that moment, institutes his supper, replacing the Passover meal with a great deliverance, bigger than all the talk about Egypt. This eating and drinking was now to rest everything upon the body and blood of Christ. The Passover lamb belonged now to the real presence of Jesus. Before taking up victory by being a perfect sacrifice at the cross, he poured out the truth that would bind his disciples together in that love of God. St. John comes right out with it in his first epistle. He says, But if we walk in light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. In the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from all sin. The body of Jesus is the perfect substitute for sinners. The blood of Jesus perfectly turns away God's judgment. His great deliverance by the cross, he ties right into his holy meal given at Passover. Instead of a personalized Jesus for me at home, our Lord gives fellowship for us to eat and to drink around his holy body and blood. Those questions of is it I or doubts against faith are to hear, it is I, the Lord, in, with, and under the bread and wine. No reenactment of a meal, but a real Lord and Savior joins us at a table that for Lutheran churches is always an altar, deliberately, 
because it is the ultimate sacrifice of Jesus for us. Luther explains it pretty well in the Catechism on the Sacrament. The Lord's words, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins, shows us that in the sacrament, forgiveness of sins, life and salvation are given us through these words. For where there is forgiveness of sins, there is life and salvation. This is not a lopsided covenant in blood like that of the Old Testament you heard tonight. The blood Moses threw against that altar and on the people required agreement on both sides. We know how that turned out badly. But the covenant by the blood of Christ is one-sided. He does the giving and such salvation we can only receive trusting in his victory. And we know how it's going to go as we walk through it tomorrow on Good Friday. It's his victory, not ours. On his terms, and we would fail. But he will conquer sin, death, and the devil for us. The meal of our Lord removes faults where we only find failure. This meal is participation, first with Jesus, but also binds us to be his body as brothers and sisters in Christ. Such a meal is for strengthening faith in God before a weary world that stands in these times very much against the gospel. As the meal of God's love upholds his truth, so we can serve each other and our neighbors. Monday, Thursday shows that Christ has placed before his church the wonderful promise, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Churches that don't have the sacrament with the true body and blood of Christ, they should be afraid. They don't know how close God does come to us, as promised by his word, to literally eat and drink, to be in our lives, and to us, for us to be his people, bound together by his sacrifice. Christ is the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. Your baptism promises that you belong to the flock, and frankly, you are family. There is even joy at the table with Christ present for you. And it gives us a public confession of him before the world. The benefits and blessings are there whenever we return to the table of our Lord. But the fullness of that victory waits upon the Lamb and his kingdom with all the saints in glory. And we know that truly does have no end. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you always. Amen.